Welcome to Master Mindset. Reframe your thinking, master your mindset with Nate Skula and Kim Adele. Hey. How are you doing? I'm all good, lovely. How are you? Super, super. So in this video, we're going to talk you through the importance of ethics in business and how they can not only affect your success, but actually have a positive impact on everyone around you. So we're going to talk about active listening, showing respect and understanding people. And you may not know who I am if you're watching this and you've just sort of noticed. So uh, hello, I am uh, Nat Schooler and this is Kim Adele. And we know what it's like to be working hard and juggling goals and, and, and juggling all the aspects of life. And it, it can be really tough balancing the work life balance, family, friends and everything else. And one thing that we're often told is we need to focus on our success. And that's basically what we're doing by launching all of these podcasts and all these interviews. And yeah, I think it's, uh, it's really fundamental to address the ethics. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So Kim, I know this is a big, big topic of uh, favorite of yours as well. Yeah, and it's it's one that is growing, which is great, where people are starting to think about actually what is their approach to ethics? What is what does ethics mean to them? What makes it so important? And we've been having that debate a lot with clients and colleagues and, and you know, other people, friends. And for me, when I think about, you know, what does ethics mean for me? Ethics for me means doing what I said I'd do when I said I'd do it, being honest about what I'm trying to do, acknowledging when I get it wrong, taking accountability for that and trying to put it right, but also making sure that everything that I do, I think first, is it kind? And how would I feel if I were the other person? I think, you know, we talk a lot these days about we've had colleague experience, we've had client experience, we've got user experience. But for me, the piece that's really important is human experience. Because whether I am a client, a colleague, a company member, whether I'm the user, whether I'm the um, the tester, whether I'm the person, I am a human being, as we all are. So if we can pull ourselves back and think instead, how would this feel if it were me or if it were my mother, father, brother, sister, um, best friend, child? And would I still do the same thing? then I think it allows us to kind of change our vantage point slightly. Over the years, I've had to do some horrendous things in business, some really heartbreaking things like downsizing organisations or taking people through redundancies. They're horrible, horrible things. And if they don't hurt, then you shouldn't, you're not really leading because this is people's lives that we're dealing with. But that doesn't mean to say that you can't still do them with some kindness, with some humanity. And with some courage, you have to be courageous to do some of the difficult things that we have to do in life to enable us to you know, keep going, such as running a redundancy program. We had to do it. We have to have the courage to do that because without it, the company would have gone under and everybody would have lost their jobs. So actually, the most humane thing was to do it and allow some jobs to remain rather than not take that step so I think for me it's how we balance those how we make sure that we are being kind that we're thinking about the impact on other people and then we are taking the courageous steps standing up when we think something is is wrong and making a stand 
or showing our support and kindness to other people. Yeah. So so where do we start with active listening then, Kim? Oh, great point. So listening is, Caroline often says this, listening is an act of love, and it is. We do it well. We are listening to understand, not to interject. And unfortunately, listening is a skill that we have long since forgotten. It's not something that we do well and, and we'll have seen people like talking about you know how to actively listen and then we, you know, I, I'm very guilty of this turning into the Churchill dog because I'm desperately trying to let the person know that I'm listening and um, so I kind of sit nodding along and that can be very distracting for sure and um, <laughs> what I really want to do is really demonstrate that I'm holding that space for them think about the time like you last really wanted somebody to hear you when somebody gives you that space when they just listen with no agenda that they're not trying to leap in to rescue you or to leap in to give you their point of view they're just listening it's probably one of the most priceless gifts that somebody can give you they're just allowing you to get out of your head what's in your head and I think if we can really do that hi Pete if we can really do that if we can really take that time and listen to the person and close down our own internal dialogue because this is why we've become quite bad at listening the minute somebody starts speaking our little inner voice starts thinking about what it wants to either answer or ask next um, rather than really listening so it's it's about trying to be mindful in that moment just allowing the person to to listen really pay attention to the words they use because often the words that people use really gives away how they're truly feeling and yet we don't often listen how often do you say I'm fine well I always say to people if I'm fine I'm fed up insecure neurotic and emotional you probably want to get me a cup of tea and get out of my way because the one thing that I'm not is fine but I do know that it is a universal way of getting out of the conversation because I've said I'm fine, you don't actually have to ask me any questions to check whether or not I really am. So I don't have you don't have to enter a debate, neither do I. But am I really? Is that really where I'm going to? And this isn't about listening so that we can call people out. If we want to understand, it's about asking other questions. There is a great theory called the five why theory. I think my little girl has nailed this one. <laughs> The idea is that the first thing you say is the thing that you think is most likely to be understood by the other person and accepted. But actually, if they dig into, okay, that's interesting. So tell me a bit more about that. By the time you get to the fifth layer, you're actually getting to the crux of what really is the problem. What's the root cause rather than what's the symptom? And that's when we can really do something. So I'm not advocating that we should all go out and turn into my toddler, which is every time somebody says to me, why? But actually, that we ask the next layer of question, we seek to understand where that other person is coming from. Because, as you know, I believe at our simplest, we all want to be listened to, we want to be understood, and we want to be respected. That doesn't mean to say we can't disagree, but as long as we are being respectful, we are trying to understand the other person's viewpoint, and we are listening with a view to understand rather than with a view to interject. We can make significant impacts for our people, for our business and for ourselves. Right. And and doing that in itself, doing doing uh, the active listening as it as it is, is showing a sign of respect as well. And then 
and actually pausing before we respond, right? I mean, if we if we truly understand what someone is saying and we want to show them respect, we need to be very tempered in our response to what they have just said or what they've just emailed or, you know, how they've interacted with us. So then we can keep the situation calm, right? Yeah, and, you know, silence is, is an amazing thing. Something we've got very uncomfortable with. The minute there's silence, we feel the need to leap straight in there and fill it. But actually, silence is valuable thinking time. If you've just asked somebody a question, give them the respect to have a moment to think about it before you leap in with another question or rewording it. Because if they don't understand what you've asked them, they will ask you to ask them in a different way or to repeat the question. But actually, just giving somebody that space to be able to think first about what it is they want to say, what it is they want to respond, how it is they're going to address that, allows us to really demonstrate that this is a two-way conversation. This is not a conflict. This is a conversation. We might have a challenge we've got to resolve, or we might have an opportunity that we want to um, progress, or we might just want to be um, sharing something that's gone really, really well. All of them are a conversation. And I remember years ago when I was at Egg, they used to talk about dancing with customers. And I loved it. And I've always loved it. Um, Because for me, I'm quite a visual person. It really works. And they were like, you know, imagine who you would be as a dance style. And then imagine the person you're talking to. And what are they as a dance style? Now, as we can tell, I talk very fast. (laughs) I try not to, but I'm very bad at it. So I would probably be, you know, a bit of a, a, a salsa type dance how would that work if I was dancing with somebody who were doing the waltz it'd be really uncomfortable so actually what I have to do is try and slow my tone down to take into account the person's dance style that I'm dancing in communication with to enable us to have a better conversation a more comfortable interchange and a less frantic dance style Right. And, and and as part of understanding people, you know, reading their facial expressions is just a huge thing. I mean, this morning we, we I had a bit of fun because I was actually I was actually watching you get frustrated with a calendar. Right. And I picked up, uh, you know, from the training that you've been giving me, I picked up like five, maybe six or seven different characteristics in your face. And I was talking you through them. I think that was probably adding to your frustration. So perhaps, you know, when when you have these abilities, perhaps not sharing them with the person that you're reading and understanding is a, a good idea, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that clearly is the part of the training you didn't listen to, which is you never actually, you never actually read somebody's emotions to call them out on it because it won't help. <laughs> the idea is you use them to inform better questions. So if you see somebody's frustrated rather than go, wow, you're frustrated, <laughs> really annoying you, you go, oh, I just want to check. Is there anything I could do to help you right now to no. make your life easier? Not can I just like layer on every emotion that I can see that's it was my it was hilarious, I'm not gonna lie. I, I know I you were having a whale of a time. Um and I was politely blocking out what you were saying so that I could actually get on and solve the problem. But it is, it's a great it's a great demonstration of when we take some take knowledge that we've got. And we don't think about actually how is this going to impact the other person? 
how is it going to benefit them? So what I try and do when I'm reading people's faces is how am I going to help them? I learned it so that I could better communicate with people and better understand them to better support them. And that is about not calling it out. It's about asking different questions. So, for example, if I've delivered training and I see a sea full of confusion, instead of going, wow, you lot are all confused, <laughs> wouldn't really work. Um, instead, I can ask the question around, before we move on to the next piece, can I just check? It has what I've said landed okay. Is everybody understanding it? Or is there any parts you'd like me to unpack in a little bit more detail? By doing that, you've created a safe space for somebody to go, I didn't get that. Could you go over that a bit more? Or could you just explain that in a different way? Because I'm not certain I got it. Rather than making it an uncomfortable place where they feel they've got to say, I don't understand. And they don't know if anybody else is understanding in that room either. So I think it's it's about making sure that we're always thinking about what impact is what I'm about to say going to have on the other person. Very much so. But, some, you know, sometimes we need to have a bit of fun with these with these things, yeah? We do. And we have to remember, though, also that fun is very different for very different people. <laughs> this is true. Well, whoever has been watching this, we, we hope we've some with some valuable information and a little bit of uh, humour, too. And uh, <laughs> we want to thank you very much for watching, everyone. And, yeah, we, we are uh, focusing on goal setting at the moment for everybody because you know in the next six months you know we'll be we'll be up to january and then everybody's going to be frantically saying well goals and everything else so if you want to go to elitecoachesclub.com you can grab the goal setting information over there which is which is really really useful right yeah absolutely and you know there's lots of studies that demonstrate that if we have a goal and we've written it down and we've got an action plan we're likely to be more successful there was a harvard study that showed that only three percent of the people that they had um responded had actually got a written down goal and an action plan irrelevant of whether or not it was a good action plan just that they'd got one and actually the study went on to show that those people those three percent actually achieved more than 10 times anybody else um in the that had been studied so it's really important that we that we start thinking about what is our goal, where is it we want to go to, and how do we think we're going to get there, even if we end up changing the plan. Knowing what our goal is allows our subconscious brain to start helping us identify the opportunities that in our in our sites to enable us to go and get them. If we don't have a goal, our subconscious doesn't know what it is it's looking for, and therefore opportunities can pass us by. Very much so. Well, thank you, Kim. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends. And tell This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.